0: starting to look like a homeless community. Daily, it's a constant battle.
1: Usted
0: salió de <laughs> La de they drop off, let's just say, 100 today. Tomorrow, another 100 get dropped off. And the next day, there's another 100. Something that we're not used to.
1: Thank you for joining me for this edition of Immigration Crisis The Fight for the Southern Border. I'm Jamie Virgin with Sinclair Broadcasting Group in San Antonio, Texas. This week, I'm going to take you guys on a trip to the Del Rio sector right here in Texas. It's about two hours away from San Antonio. It is the home of Laughlin Air Force Base, where U.S. pilots are trained and also now well known for being one of the hotspots for migrants to cross into the United States from Mexico. Then we will drive down into the Eagle Pass area, which is also a part of that sector. Migrants there are also finding their way across, some of them with the help of coyotes. But the new migrants coming in are not all from Mexico. Most of the ones that we met the day we traveled to the sector were from Venezuela, Cuba, and Colombia also touring the border in two other groups, U.S. Senators and Congressmen, coming to the epicenter of the immigration debate. But other than seeing firsthand what is going on here in Ground Zero, what, if anything, are these border tours changing? What has to be done to bring order to the immigration asylum process? These elected officials have the power in their hands to write meaningful legislation that can change immigration laws and possibly fix the broken system. One of those tours was led by Texas senators, Ted Cruz and John Cornyn.
0: Good afternoon everybody um, I'm Senator John Cornyn from Texas, and I'm here with my Texas colleague Senator Cruz and other members of our conference who traveled with us to the border on uh, Thursday and uh, Friday and uh, i'll let them tell you what they what they learned. What Senator Cruz and I know because we live in Texas and we visit frequently along the border is that the Biden border crisis is nothing more and nothing less than simply an open borders policy, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous not only to the migrants that sometimes become injured or sick and die in route uh, to the United States, but it also provides a a, a, a channel of uh, illegal drugs into the United States that took the lives of 108,000 Americans last year alone. And the cartels have figured it out. If they flood the zone with migrants, which they have, some three million border encounters so far during the Biden administration, that takes the border patrol off the front lines, and here come the drugs. And almost all of the drugs that come to the United States these days make their way routed across our southwestern border. It's not as if there aren't some ideas out there about what to do about it. Uh, Senator Sinema, a Democrat from Arizona, a border state, Henry Cuellar, a Democrat from Texas, uh, Tony Gonzalez, a Republican with the largest border district in the House of Representatives, introduced the Bipartisan Border Solutions Act, which is a modest first step to try to gain control of the border. You would think with the President's approval rating being in the the dumpster, as it is, uh, that they might want to reach out or engage or at least have a conversation, maybe even pretend like they're concerned about what's happening at the border, but we're hearing absolutely nothing from them. And so I'm left with the conclusion that simply stated that the Biden administration, including the President and the Vice President and everyone who serves in the Biden administration, simply does not care. They don't care about the migrants who die en route to the United States. They don't care about the young girls and women who are sexually assaulted. Uh, They don't care about. Uh, Our border communities that are overrun uh, with this humanitarian crisis and they simply don't care about the Americans who died last year as a result of drug overdoses from drugs coming across the southwestern border. I know that sounds like a harsh assessment, but I don't know how you would reach any other conclusion based on the facts. Senator Cruz.
2: So this weekend, John Cornyn and I brought seven senators down to the southern border. I've been to the border many, many times over the past decade. And it is the worst I have ever seen it right now. We are in the midst of the worst illegal immigration in 62 years. This is not an accident. This was the result of political decisions by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to open up the borders. And the result is tragic. First thing we did when we arrived, we went out on a midnight patrol with the border patrol. You don't have to hunt for people crossing illegally. Within minutes, we encountered the first group. And it's a steady stream every minute of every hour of every day coming across the border. The second group we encountered was about a dozen, mostly women and children. In that group was two seven-year-old girls, each of whom was an unaccompanied minor. Their parents weren't there. They had no family members. They were not sisters. They were two seven-year-old girls all alone with a group of strangers who had been transported by violent drug cartels. The Border Patrol showed us a patch of grass about 100 yards from where we were standing, where just a couple of weeks earlier, two other little girls, five and six years old, had been violently raped. The Border Patrol had to come and provide medical attention to those little girls who faced horrific mistreatment at the hands of the cartels. These cartels are making billions of dollars every month. Every single illegal immigrant who comes across must pay the cartels anywhere between $3,000 and $12,000. When they come across, they're wearing colored wristbands. We saw the wristbands by the hundreds laying by the shore of the river. Each color corresponds to how many thousands of dollars they owe the cartels. So these teenagers arrive in America, the Biden administration ships them to every city in America, and they are in debt to violent drug cartels, thousands of dollars. So you have teenage boys working for the cartels in your city, and if you don't live in the border, you might think the open border is not my problem. Whatever city in America you live in, there are illegal immigrants in debt Thousands of dollars for the drug cartels, working for the drug cartels in your city, and committing crimes. And the boys have it better than the girls. The young girls who come in owing thousands of dollars, many of them are forced into sex slavery, forced into a living nightmare. The Border Patrol agents told us about something this trip that I had never heard of before. It's something they call a rape tree that the cartels bring immigrants across the border and they violently rape them here in the United States. And then they hang their underwear on the tree as a trophy and as a taunt to law enforcement that you can't do anything to stop us. We met with landowners who showed us photographs of illegal immigrants they find on their farms and ranches dead over and over and over again, abandoned by these violent criminals. Just weeks ago, 53 illegal immigrants died in a tractor trailer in San Antonio, including a child who was 13 years old. Last year, we had over 100,000 overdoses in the United States as fentanyl floods this country and the Biden body bags keep building up and up and up. We've all seen the misery. I have a question for you. Why hasn't Joe Biden gone to the border? Why hasn't Kamala Harris gone to the Rio Grande Valley? Why haven't most of the Democratic senators bothered to go down and see it? And the answer is you cannot see what is happening there and defend it. It is indefensible. The misery, the suffering, the death. And the reason Joe Biden doesn't go to the border is when he goes, he knows that it will bring the folks in this room. It'll bring reporters. It'll bring TV cameras. And Joe Biden is counting on the corporate media ignoring the death and suffering and misery. I'm here to encourage you, don't ignore it. This is not humane. It's not compassionate. It is cruel. It is vicious. It is evil. And it is deliberate. My final point, yesterday. Mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, held a press conference saying New York City needs help to deal with the massive influx of illegal immigrants. Last weekend, the mayor of D.C. went on national television and said, please stop sending so many illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C. The city can't bear the burden. If bright blue democratic cities like New York City and Washington, D.C. cannot handle the human consequences and tragedy of Joe Biden's open borders, how do you think South Texas is doing? How do you think Laredo is doing? How do you think McAllen is doing? How do you think Del Rio is doing or Eagle Pass? This is horrific, it is a crisis, it is man-made, it is political, and it needs to stop. Senator John Ross.
0: On this topic, the, um, well, I think you, you heard the, uh, several people mention the catch and release policy. Um, we asked the Border Patrol Union, uh, what is one thing we could do to stop this? And they said they need to be able to detain people who come across the border and then present them to an immigration judge or somebody to make a decision whether they legally qualify for asylum rather than release them for this eight-year eight backlog after which they don't show up. Um, so this is an open invitation to, uh, to, to come, and uh, people are coming, and they will continue to come. So that's, that would be the single most effective thing. But first of all, you've got to have the political will. And the president, apparently, and his party have zero political will uh, to try to fix our broken border. The Border Patrol tells us that there are three things that they need. They need people. They need technology, and they need physical barriers. And then I would add to that the fourth thing. They need the, the political will from on high to actually enforce the law, not to not, to not enforce the law. But Democrats will point back to that uh, so-called comprehensive immigration reform bill that did pass the Senate, but it didn't go anywhere in the House, which means it, doesn't, it didn't become law. It didn't get a presidential signature.
2: We should use every lever we can, and I think if and when Republicans take control of Congress, we're going to see those levers used. I, I want to show you something, which is when we were on the border, I mentioned that there were these wristbands, these colored wristbands, just laying on, the, laying on the ground, hundreds of them. So I just reached down and picked up one. This one's colored white. This one's green. This one's yellow. This one is white these correspond to the thousands of dollars that illegal immigrants owed the cartels this yellow one in particular is quite small it's worn by a child it's not cut the child's hand she or he was small enough that their hand slipped out from under this these are the incidents of human slavery. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are responsible for the worst plague of slavery in America since the Civil War. This child, don't think of these as pieces of plastic. Think of these as leg irons worn by slaves because this is a little child who is starting life owing thousands of dollars to drug cartels and trapped in involuntary servitude. And I would encourage you, thank you for being here. I appreciate the reporters that are here. This is a story that needs to be told. The hell these children are living, Joe Biden could stop it you look at this chart, this was the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. This is not inevitable. This slavery, this suffering, this assault, this murder is not inevitable. It's the consequences of a political choice, and it's a political choice that is aided and abetted by media silence. I got a haircut this morning. CNN was on in the barbershop. I watched 30 minutes of stories on how it's hot in New York City today. And so people are going to the park and dancing in sprinklers. OK, I get it's hot. I'm from Houston. It's hot. I get that. But perhaps the same amount of time they devote to the weather could be devoted to the human slavery That Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have brought back to America. It's horrific and it's wrong. And the Democrats in the Senate don't give a damn about the people who are suffering.
1: So right now we are riding with Border Patrol on Highway 277. So if you're listening, you can always check on a map Highway 277 between Eagle Pass, Texas and Del Rio. We're a few miles away from Eagle Pass. How far away are we from Eagle Pass right now? Approximately
0: 12 miles uh, north of Eagle Pass.
1: Okay, and we're headed to an area that apparently has some activity going on, correct? Correct. Okay, so for you guys, since you're listening, so to give you an idea of what we're going through, this is a three-lane highway. Uh, it is extremely hot. How hot is it right now? It must be says 92, but it feels more like 100. Maybe the 92 is inside of the vehicle. It is extremely hot. This terrain out here is harsh. It is hard to imagine people crossing, coming across from Mexico through this to get into the United States with babies, injuries, everything you can imagine. So right now the area that we're gonna go to, apparently they have some activity. What happens from there is once they have the people they bring them back to a new soft-sided facility that went up just a couple of days ago or i think it was actually 24 hours ago within those 24 hours they were almost to capacity and their goal is to completely process people separate them by those people who will be expelled and the people that will be paroled into the country so they can continue with their asylum process So when you're talking about 300, 500 people, yesterday, Mexican news had video. They got a great shot and it was a very large group. Just, it seemed to never stop. How do you guys first know when they're coming in? You're, is it the sensors? Is it the drones? Are you being notified by Mexican authorities? And that's the area, wow. We're passing one of the areas right now. They have tents out there It look, like maybe anywhere between 15 to 20 people were there waiting to be picked up correct
0: correct they're just waiting for transport at that
1: point this is the epicenter of the illegal border crossing problem the del rio sector which goes from comstock to carrizo springs including the bigger cities of eagle pass and del rio the river is the final obstacle migrants cross before touching U.S. soil. We were invited by Chief Jason Owens, who's in charge of protecting this section of the United States border. ¿De dónde es usted? Colombia. Colombiano. While out, we encountered several groups of migrants. ¿De dónde son?
3: Venezuela. So for, for the past 10 years or so, the Rio Grande Valley sector has been the, uh, the epicenter and the focal point of the, the illicit cross-border traffic for the Border Patrol, especially on the southwest border. What we've seen is a change, and for the past 10 days or so, the Del Rio sector has started actually apprehending more than the Rio Grande Valley sector and by a large margin. For the past two days, for example, we've apprehended almost 2,200 people each day. And that has been almost a thousand more than what the Rio Grande Valley has seen during that same time period. So this is this is something that we're starting to see a, a significant traffic shift here to the Del Rio sector.
1: Last Wednesday and Thursday, Border Patrol apprehended 2,200 people each day, making a huge profit are men like this one. According to Border Patrol, he is a coyote, paid to cross these Venezuelan migrants. As you see, he turns right around in front of our cameras to go back to Mexico. Chief Owens tells us he needs at least another 500 agents to be able to support the mission to protect the U.S. border.
3: So we're, we're all concerned as law enforcement officers, as border security professionals. What we see in addition to the traffic that's coming across and that we're apprehending is the traffic that is getting away. And we've talked about this before. For this sector alone, we have well over 130,000 known gotaways. And so for us, the concern is, what are those folks' intent? What are they crossing for? Who are they? Why are they coming to the country? If we can't get to them and identify them, we don't know what the threat is. That population that we can't get to, that's the concern. That's what keeps us up at night.
1: Once they come across, they walk sometimes for miles to surrender to Border Patrol agents. Mm -hmm. Women, men, and children. By the time they make it here to U.S. soil, Many need medical help, you know, and that finance. is where BORSTAR, the Border patrol Specialized Search, Rescue, and Trauma Unit, steps in.
2: We, uh, we normally work normal enforcement operations until called upon to do uh, search and rescue operations. Neck in lead from starting from the river, doing swift water rescue operations there with mass groups that cross. And as you know, sometimes the currents are a little bit stronger than other times and we'll conduct rescue operations there. We'll do
1: recovery operations in case suspected drownings while out in the field. We'll respond to 911 calls. Dehydration, heat exhaustion, broken ankles are reasons enough for coyotes to abandon them in the harsh Texas terrain. Here in the middle of nowhere, Borestar has to work fast to save lives because when you are out here you see human beings you see their faces in life or death situations.
2: it's a big difference when you see a group and then you see a a mother carrying a child and you can tell that the child's not doing well just by a a picture or or video and that really intensifies the situation because you really want to get out there and help Uh, a two-year-old a one-year-old even we've seen them you know nine-year-old they have no business walking through the desert, no water, and water they do have is usually dirty stock tank water, and, and that's not a good situation for the children.
1: When you see these many people coming in, and they all have the American dream, and I'm asking for your opinion. If you don't want to give it to me, it's okay. Sure. Do you think that we as Americans take for granted the freedoms that we have in this country when they're risking their lives to get here? You see this every day.
3: I think it's a testament to how great this country is, and, and, and I say that as, as a person that, uh, that that loves my country and and, and my fellow country folks. It's, it's uh, I think the majority of the folks that are coming across, they are looking for a better way of life, and but they're still in harm's way. It is just as dangerous a situation for them as it is for us, as it is for the border communities on both sides of the borders when you have the criminal element that exists out there that is taking advantage of this situation. The only ones that benefit from a lack of border security are going to be those criminals and those cartels. So, yes, when I see these people, just like all the agents, everybody that that, that wears this uniform, our heart goes out to them for the situation that they're in. Our concern is... Are we doing this the right way? Is there, Are we able to maintain a semblance of security while also taking care of the folks that need us?
1: Thank you for joining me for this edition of Immigration Crisis, The Fight for the Southern Border. I'm Jamie Virgen. Until next time.